we go back more than 10,000 years on the property. And then to have that just snatched away from you after all your hard work and for the, this, the government to come in and now say, oh, we've decided we don't want you here anymore. Please get out. You have 30 days to get out. My first reaction to that was to cry, to physically cry. And then I got angry because I don't understand why they're doing this. And then of course I had to set into, I need to do what, whatever I'm being asked to do. You're listening to Thinking Freely with the ACLU of Maryland, the show that talks about what's happening politically in Maryland, from the courts to the streets and everywhere in between. I'm your host, Nehemiah Bester. Just the other day, I was thinking about my childhood growing up and how we used to sing songs in elementary school. And I remember this one song in particular that would something like, this land is your land, this land is my land. And I always thought that it was a peculiar song. And for some reason, even at that age, I felt it did not apply to me. I identify as a black man, and it's common knowledge why I felt that way as a kid, given this country's past horrors in the name of white supremacy. But there was another strange element to this song being taught to children. I did some research, and it's sung by a white man named Woody Guthrie. And if you've ever heard or sung this song yourself, you know that it's meant to be patriotic and unifying, but in the process becomes colonial. It's one of those God bless America anthems. And it's often those types of anthems that ignore what's right in front of them. As the song has been recognized by indigenous groups as problematic and an erasure of indigenous culture and land, even if that wasn't Guthrie's intention. When we talk about indigenous land seizure, many people will go back to U.S. President Andrew Jackson and his signing of the Indian Removal Act in May of 1830. But if there's one thing that this country is good at, much like the lyrics to This Land is Your Land, it's that American history not only repeats, it often rhymes. The wild turkey clan of the Cedarville Band of Piscataway Indians in Maryland are being forced to experience a similar historic rhyme, but in the present day. They are currently being evicted by the Charles County government on the very land that belonged to the Piscataway Kanoi people and that the Cedarville Band has tended for decades. Joining me to talk about this is Tribal Chairwoman Natalie Standing on the Rock Proctor. Tribal Chairwoman Natalie Standing on the Rock Proctor is a born member of the Wild Turkey Clan. Her grandmother Gladys, keeper of the pipe, was clan mother until her crossing over. Her mother Joan is the current clan mother. She has spent most of her life providing services to the various Piscataway communities, and her work has involved serving with the National Congress of American Indians, assistant coordinator for the Prince George's County Indian Education Program, and numerous other committees in Maryland to address the lack of recognition, to further indigenous inherent rights and self-government, and to change policies that have adverse impact on Maryland's indigenous communities. Our conversation was recorded at their historic cultural center, which has been largely vacated due to the removal of their ancestral artifacts. So first, I want to thank you for giving your time to share this story and space with me. On behalf of everyone at the ACLU of Maryland, it's truly a pleasure to be here. So thank you. 
before we get started, would you like to give some history about the land, yourself, and the Cedarville Band? Sure, thank you. Um, I would first like to introduce myself. I am Wild Turkey Clan, Cedarville Band of Piscataway Indians. I serve as the tribal chair and the executive director for the Cedarville Band of Piscataway Indians, Inc. My name is Natalie Standing on the Rock Proctor. The land that we are uh, talking about, actually all of Maryland is Piscataway's territory, but in particular, the Cedarville Band of Piscataway Indians probably about 200 years began to settle permanently in the area now known as Brandywine, but prior to that, it was known as Cedarville. Thank you so much for that uh, introduction, Tribal Chairwoman. Can you briefly describe for me what this ongoing issue is? What's occurring? Yeah, so um, first of all, let me give a little history. Um, in 1979, the Cedarville Band of uh, Piscataway Indians inquired to the General Service Administration about this particular site um, at the time, because it's a prior Nike site, which means not shoes, but base. Um, and the base had been abandoned, and it had been abandoned for about 10 years, so it was not being used at all. This was the perfect site um, as it is adjacent to Cedarville State Park. And um, it is a part of our traditional homeland. And so we reached out to the uh, GSA in regards to uh, what it would be doing with this property. And they said, as of that time, there was no plans for the property. We uh, asked, if it would be okay if we were to uh, take over the property for indigenous purposes, and that permission was given. In 1988, Charles County then purchased the property, and then the, the organization began to lease from Charles County. So we've been leasing this property from the county, what, 35, 40 years. Um, but in January of 2023, we received an email late in the evening that we had 30 days to get off the property. Needless to say, I just went into shock. I don't know what's happening, what has happened, what has caused this. Uh, there's been no talk prior to this or anything of the kind. Um, and it just sent us into a frenzy, of course, trying to, uh, one, uh, talk to the county commissioners to find out what has happened, and two, trying to move out of this space within the 30-day uh, time frame that they gave us. Uh, so this has been ongoing since January, and we are trying with every bit of our being to negotiate, talk, and whatever we need to do to try to maintain our presence on this land. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it goes without saying that this is a terrible situation. Very, very, very bad. Um, if, if you're able, can you share just your emotions, how you all are feeling in the midst of this? How are the other band members doing? If you think about the longevity of 
just the present day uh, presence on this property. We go back more than 10,000 years on the property. But if we can just bring it up to the present day, we're nearing 50 years on the property. And one can imagine how close we are to not the building, not so much the museum, but the land itself has great significance to us. It is our traditional homeland. And the excitement of being able to come to this land, create this museum, create this cultural center, host hundreds of activities and programs and things, all of which have been open to the public, schools, tours, and the like. And then to have that just snatched away from you after all your hard work. Um, we pay dues to ourselves and the like in order to uh, repair this building, uh, keep the grounds going. Everything has been on our own efforts uh, to keep this building going for the past almost, again, 50 years. And for the, this, the government to come in and now say, oh, we've decided we don't want you here anymore. Please get out. You have 30 days to get out. Um, my first reaction to that was to cry, to physically cry. And then I got angry because I don't understand why they're doing this. And then, of course, I had to set into I need to do what, whatever I'm being asked to do. So I speak for all clan and band members. This is very, very sad time and a hurtful time and reminds us of many, many years ago when our ancestors were pushed from one spot to the next always having to make room for settlers coming to the new world. Right, so you bring up that historical context. And I think it's pretty clear that, you know, history has never looked kindly on the seizure of indigenous land, right? So how do you think history will judge Charles County and its officials if this eviction continues? Well, I think that, let's say 300 years ago, uh, when settlers first started coming here, they, if they supported indigenous people, there wasn't an outlet to do that. And so we were constantly dealing with the crown in England, number one, um, and then later on, of course, a established government here. But today, I believe that more people are really, really uh, want the government to be transparent, want the government to be fair, to its indigenous people. They've had an opportunity to hear indigenous people speak about past traumas and past historical uh, wrongs. And maybe this is something they didn't even understand or knew about, but now they do. And now they're saying, no more of this, no more of this kind of treatment. So I, I am actually calling this a modern day Indian removal, which was established and put into law in 1830, May of 1830. And so it's a kind of a repeat of that 1830 law, and people do not want that. And we have had great support uh, asking the county to uh, take back this uh, eviction notice and to move forward on uh, actually returning the land uh, to the ban. So sort of just like you mentioned, if if you, for people who might not be super familiar, right, if you were to describe to someone who didn't know much about this, uh, 
like why this land is so sacred and why it's so important, what would be your answer? It's our homeland. It has always been our homeland. Whether we feel, uh, let me say this, a lot of people move different places, from place to place, state to state. Piscataway people have not moved. They've always been here. They are very connected to this land. And I think that's most important. Our ancestors are here. Our, even our ancestors from thousands of years ago, they're here. And we want to stay in this area with them. And something else I, I, wanna, I wanted to ask you, are there, like you all have such deeply rooted ties and history to this land. Are there any specific memories of your experiences uh, at this cultural center that you'd like to share? <laughs> there are lots of memories here. Um, my favorite memories are the ones that where we had, uh, powwow means a gathering of the people. And prior to European contact, those people were just us. Um, and uh, we continued to have those gatherings. And we would have food and dance and stay up half the night laughing and talking and telling stories and even comparing historical traumas as well. Um, knowing that the entire East Coast, we all have very similar stories. And this was a, a part of helping us to heal from these traumas as well. Um, these were the best times to me, uh, in my opinion. But out of all the activities and programs that we've done, I'm sure there are other memories that, but we've had numerous celebrations here, naming ceremonies, birthing ceremonies, and the like to keep us together. And a tribe is just a huge family, and we're broken down into clans and bands. And whether we all live in the same area or not, when it comes to ceremonial practices and things of that sort, we all come together to celebrate. No, it's actually like incredibly beautiful to hear that you all like actually like you take care of the land as it takes care of you. Like it's a clearly a mutual relationship. I want to get back to something uh, that I wanted to discuss. If and if it's if it's not too painful to mention, are there any hopes or plans that you have for the land if this eviction stopped? Oh, definitely. Uh, last year, we were working on uh, connecting with other um, uh, agriculturalists and uh, to begin to plant on this land indigenous plants um, and to create an indigenous uh, environment on this property. Um, we were also looking at putting out some traditional weikiwams in our language. It just means house, but the round dome type of homes where people could actually spend the night and enjoy uh, various activities throughout the day. So they could spend the night for one night or they could spend the entire weekend. Um, we were looking to put in uh, traditional waterways where people could just sit in uh, calmness and just relax uh, because this world is constantly having us hustle and bustle and uh, a, a consumer-driven society. And we did not live like that. So we want to kind of restore society and bringing us back to nature 
bringing us back to our natural surroundings and a more calm way of living. And so when they came, when they would come here, they would get all of that experience and find a true way of uh, indigenous living through these activities and programs that we would sponsor. So Travel Trade Women, we, we've talked a lot about um, the eviction and the removal aspect of it, but I wanted to ask you uh, directly, aside from the eviction itself and the removal part of it, in, in what other ways has this eviction affected you personally, uh, as well as your other tribe, clan, and band members? Thank you so much for asking that question. I think when a lot of people think about the powwows and the museum and all of those activities and programs that we've sponsored here, we fail to understand that we are now uh, minus our staff, those who uh, take care of administrative things, those who have taken care of the property. Uh, we have a food bank that we provide food for uh, tribal members and the community at large as well as clothes and any other thing that they need. Um, you can support by writing a letter uh, to the county commissioners. You can also support on May 30th. We'll be having a rally uh, coming. Come if you're in the local area, join us on the Charles County Administrative Building and uh, stand with us in our opposition of this eviction. We also could use donations. Uh, again, we've lost our staff um, and the cost, the legal cost of this and the cost of storing a valuable and sacred items that were held in our museum. Last thing I want to ask you, what is the final message you want to leave everyone with, whether it's on your heart, on your mind? What is the message that you want to leave people with? First of all, I want to thank the ACLU so very much for taking our cause and for being here in support of us. Um, second of all, I would like to thank all of Maryland citizens who have already voiced their opinion and opposition to this uh, eviction. Thank you very, very much. Um, I think a lot of people have already been here They've already experienced the powwow. They've already experienced the museum. And there are many, many memories from uh, Charles County citizens, Prince George's citizens, and the like, who have really enjoyed their time here. And uh, I think that they would feel to have this taken away from them would be a, a great loss. And it goes back to the time of uh, the very beginning of settlers where indigenous people were being shoved here and there. There wasn't an opportunity to really get to have that connection that we could both share our ideas of life and the like. So we have been trying to promote that for many, many years now. And I think it would be a great loss. And once again, I want to thank the ACLU and Maryland citizens for your support. Travel Truman, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This has been another episode of Thinking Freely with the ACLU of Maryland. If you'd like to learn more about 
and support the Cedar Grove Band of Piscataway Indians, visit their website at piscatawayindians.com. And be sure to follow us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This show was recorded on Piscataway land. I'm Nehemiah Bester, the host and producer of Thinking Freely. Until next time.